0: Gratitude is a powerful thing. So today, Maureen Whitman, co-owner of Homeschool Connections is here to reflect with us about counting the wins and blessings of the year as we prepare our hearts and discern God's plans for the coming year. Join us to rejoice and reboot.
1: Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Mladnik,
0: a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Mladnik, your host, and today Maureen Whitman is here to share some powerful ways to rejoice and reboot. Maureen is a wife, mother of seven children, and grandmother of nine. She's an author and co-founder of Homeschool Connections. She is grateful for all the homeschool parents who helped her over the years and works to give back to the community through Homeschool Connections. Maureen, it's so good to see you. We haven't been on the show together for a while.
1: Hi, Lisa. I missed you. Yeah, I I
0: missed you too. We always have a really fun time, and what I love about having you on is that as a homeschool veteran of many years, um, you're pretty chill about it, and you've seen it all. So (laughs) Maybe too chill
1: sometimes, but yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: I I love it. I really do. I think it sets the right tone of trust in the Lord, Um, and we're talking about something so important right now, so let's set the stage for why it's important to rejoice before we reboot our plans for the coming year. Um, wh- why do we do that? Why is God always asking us to give thanks?
1: Right. So, you know, so many reasons, of course. I mean, God created us and 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 we need to be thankful for that. And, you know, we need to have that attitude of gratitude, you know, in, in our in ourselves and in our homeschools. It really does help us um, in so many ways. And, you know, the, the way God created us, you know, is, is to have grateful, grateful hearts. And, you know, to be successful at homeschooling, we need to find the joy in it, you know. It, it, if we're not having fun, <laughs> if we're not grateful for the gifts of homeschooling, it, it becomes so much more difficult to do, All right. And we want to be successful. And we want to be able to keep doing it for the long run if this is what God is calling you to do. Um, yeah, Lisa and I are here today to try and help you. Um, find that peace and that joy uh, through that sense of gratitude and, and reflecting on this past year and, and getting ready for next year. Yeah, and science tells us there's so much in science to confirm God's
0: ways. We start with the teachings of the church and the witness of the saints, even people singing hymns of praise to God as they went to their deaths. I mean, this is a very serious, <laughs> I, like, cornerstone <laughs> teaching of the Lord that we are to praise him and give thanks at all times and in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so. St. Lawrence, right?
1: Turn me <gasps> over I'm on this side. I know, right? I think of him fairly often. That's a pretty unforgettable witness. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Boy, you know, did did God not receive him in His loving arms after that? Right. Oh my gosh! Like all
0: heaven must have been there to greet him, just smiling and laughing with
1: tears in their eyes. Right. Right. Yeah. Life's too short <laughs> not to be happy, you know. <laughs> and you know, Lisa and I, Lisa shared with me an article on um, on gratitude and uh, all the different benefits of being grateful. You know, it, it opens our door to more relationships, it it improves our physical health, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, our psychological health, it, it reduces, um, you know, stress and aggression, and, and then and we sleep better. And, you know, it helps our self esteem, and it makes us mentally strong. I mean, all these things, um, just by having an attitude of gratitude, but help us be you know not just better homeschoolers but better children of god better parents better friends uh better spouses yeah and
0: there's so much going on in our bodies with our body chemistry like the god's design is unbelievable and and so as you were saying our physical mental and spiritual health of course our relationships are better people are more successful when they have an attitude of gratitude and part of it is the way god designed our brains um there's something called neuroplasticity which we hear a lot about these days there are bazillion articles on this and your, your teenagers might have a fun time kind of delving into this but when we reflect with gratitude the brain immediately does a beautiful thing it receives an endorphin payback in the brain it has like this happy chemical bath and it tells the brain oh, we like that thing that we're being grateful for it might be a success that we're reflecting on something that we did well which is a highly recommended practice it's not egotistical it's a gratitude thing and the brain automatically will strengthen the myelin sheaths for the neural pathways so that you can do that thing again more easily. So, God's ways are there for our well-being. And so, this idea of reflecting on success, of giving thanks for all the wins in our lives is just so powerful.
1: Yeah. Well, and just think about the reaction when you smile and say thank you to someone, you know, or you smile and say thank you to your child, um, or take a few moments to tell that child why you're grateful for them, why you love them, what's special about them. Right. What's their response to you? Um, They're going to respond with a smile and and more. You know, want like you said, right? It's a chemical reaction. They're going to have this this more of a desire to have a relationship with you and be connected to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and you and I were talking a little offline beforehand, and even those moments when our young adult children start to be grateful for the lives they've had with us, that can be such a moment of grace for us as well. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I love it when I when we have people on the show who were homeschooled themselves and are now homeschooling that that they were obviously grateful for what they received.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I have three children who have children of their own, and they, you know, the first two are homeschooling, and the second one, she just has a little baby, oh, but nice. she's planning on it. So, you know, they... They must have enjoyed it. <laughs> they got something out of it. Yeah. They're homeschooling too, so yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. When when you were looking through those ways that that gratitude changes a person's life, what kinds of what kinds of memories or or connections were you making on that morning? Because it it's easy enough to say it makes everything better, but it really does,
1: right? Right. So yeah, it's easy to say we need to have an attitude of gratitude, but you know yeah. how do we? implement that in our real life and and it's not always easy right i mean life can be hard and we can have some tough struggles and and life can throw you know some bad stuff at us so how do we be grateful i mean we have to take time to just really um remind ourselves when we're in a situation to be grateful to to have that positive attitude we need to take it to prayer take it before the blessed sacrament but yeah in in a practical way you know if, if we have a child who's having a meltdown um you know, or who is screaming at us or yelling at us or refusing to do work. um, We need to take a breath. We need to remind ourselves to breathe. And it's not always easy. I've lost my temper (laughs) (laughs) to not lose our temper and not not respond in that way, to respond in a kind, charitable way to, you know, um, well, you know, child's yelling, but you're not going to yell. You're going to take a breath and you're going to speak softly and gently and slowly and, um, be thoughtful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't always respond well, depending on the child. If you have a child who's high functioning autism and and prone to meltdowns, or, um, you know, there are other ways to handle those situations. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we just always need to be treating people with kindness, including our own kids and treat them as we would want to be treated. So instead of responding in kind in the same way that we're being treated, um, we treat them the way we want them to be treating us. And that's, such the example. And, you know, it may take a few years, (laughs) you know, for them to catch that, but, you know, children do mimic their parents. And if we're always yelling, they're always going to be yelling. If we're, you know, if Mm -hmm. our reaction is, is to, to, um, look at the worst in someone, that's going to be their automatic reaction. So we, we need to just really pause and say, Okay, what is it I love about this child? And maybe, you know, maybe that's, you know, once everything's calmed down, you sit down with the child and you talk about that. Like, you know, here's what I see in you. Here's what I love about you. Here's what I see as special about you. So, you know, instead of responding to this unkindness and, you know, you're an awful person, you show them how they're good and kind so that they have something to um grow into right something to attain to so you know i see this spark of light in you and and then they want to do that more because that's what's giving getting your attention right if screaming and yelling is getting your attention there's gonna be more screaming and yelling Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if if you know the things that they're doing right are getting your attention that's going to help them you know be more be good yeah (laughs) your example
0: yeah it's so good because we can forget that in the heat of battle. I, I'm a coach and a coach trainer, but men, several years ago when I first started my training, one of the students in my class, cause we were learning to listen, like working really hard at deeply listening to people. Yeah. And she said her teenage son burst into the kitchen in his usual fashion and started kind of reaming her out. And this was a pattern at this point. Yeah. And instead of pushing back and putting him in his place, she just started to listen and then she asked him a question, and then she asked him another question, and he suddenly broke down into tears and told her what was really bothering him. Wow. And it was game-changing in their relationship, and she was expressing her gratitude. She was just rejoicing, and these were these are all believers at, at the place where I teach, so she was giving praise to God. But for something as simple as that of breaking a pattern, which just flooded her heart, with gratitude and shifted their whole relationship. I don't mean that that's a magic bullet in every circumstance, and we do have to have discipline and standards for our children, but, but in that just simple shift of her mindset,
1: things changed. Right. And, and even if you don't have an immediate reaction in a good way, you know, you don't give up. You never give up on your kids, you know, you just always keep at it. One thing that my daughter-in-law does that I love, um, she has, you know, a different, um, something they're working on each month. And she has a picture, you know, she has the word written out, so maybe it's gratitude. Um, So she'll have the word gratitude and it's on a piece of paper and it's posted on their little homeschool board. And they focus on that the whole month, you know. So each month they have, you know, a different uh, thing that they're working on. and, And it's just this reminder to the whole family and they're working on it together as a family and and I I just love that that. yeah 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 it's so good because it's it's also an
0: agreement there's a unity in that when the whole family is made aware of something and has a kind of an agreement that this is what we're focused on together I feel like there's spiritual power in that unity that coming together to be in a place of virtue and awareness of something to be cultivating yeah, the, the garden together. Yeah, the
1: virtue of the month, right? And I think that's what she calls it, the virtue of the month. Yeah, oh,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah, it's a
1: great idea. I love it. And, but that's a practical way, you know, to bring more joy into your homeschool. Bring that attitude of gratitude and 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 work on it together as a family. You know, in a really positive way.
0: Yeah, and there are so many links to our Catholic practice of the faith. I think of the examination of conscience, where we reflect on the day to see where those moments of grace were. Where's that moment where I held my temper? Where's that moment where the child got a, you know, a good mark on his essay or whatever that was? But to see them as moments of grace, um, uh, there are many successful people who make success lists, because the enemy always attacks us when we're trying something new, stretching, challenging ourselves or challenging each other. and, And we get beat up by self-doubts and imposter syndrome things like that so successful people in those moments pull out the success list reflect on all the times they've overcome obstacles in the past and then they're rebooted in joy and their confidence gets restored and they are able to overcome the next challenge i call that a fiat list because we (laughs) didn't get
1: through those alone right those are all (laughs) moments of grace right i mean and and you can make a list at night before you go to bed. What went right today? You know, I have a friend who posts on Facebook every day. It's her gratitude list, and every day she writes, "I'm grateful today." And it's funny because she stopped doing it for a while, and, and all of her friends were like, "Ruth, where's your gratitude list?" <laughs> 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 I look forward to that every day. Wow. So uh, it's kind of a cool thing to do to to write down what am I grateful for, and 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 I mean, of course, we need to acknowledge. You know, when we mess up, but we don't want to focus too hard on that, right? So, you know, if we make a big mistake in our homeschool today, okay, that happens. Um, but what can I do to fix that and not focus too much on it? Focus more on the positive. Okay. So what did I learn from that? And how can I fix it? You know. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, and that's something we could do. We're coming towards the end of the year. 2024 is around the corner. Um, you know, you could sit down and reflect on on, um, on this year. And and it's something that, you know, I always tried to do in May, reflect back on the school year. But write down, okay, what were our failures? But, you know, admit it, write it down, bring it to the forefront. and But also, what were our successes? And then write out, how do I fix that? Okay, so, um, and was it really a failure? Okay, Johnny didn't learn to read this year. Well, Johnny's got dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> and we got him diagnosed, and he's going to be okay. You know. Um. Yeah. Tell a little bit about your son. That that's such a great example of this. Yeah, and and people have heard me talk about this so much, but you know, my my I have a son who's was severely dyslexic. I was told by the local public school he would never read beyond third, fourth grade level, um, fourth if we were lucky. And you know, I just couldn't accept that. And you know, and I had a lot of right? You need to let the experts take care of this. You obviously don't know what you're doing. Homeschooling isn't working. Um, You know, he didn't learn to read till he was 10. I mean, he didn't take off till he was 10. It was long and slow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But he was at college level by 13. So, you know, um, you're going to have people, it it, it just happens, right? When you homeschool, people who, who, who ask you, you know, well, your kid can't read. Well, don't focus on that negative. Don't make excuses. Instead, you say, you're right. He can't read. And because we're homeschooling, I was able to have him diagnosed. I'm able to work with him one-on-one. I'm able to use, you know, Orton Gillingham or whatever program that works for this child. And, and he will read, you know, he's not, on, he's only 10 and and he's not going to graduate for eight years. We're going to, we're going to do this, you know? Yeah. So, you know, Right. So don't let people, you know, look at bring you down. Right. Like socialization, there's always a big one. You know, what about socialization? Well, we always make excuses. I drive my kid all over the place in the minivan. Well, you don't have to make excuses. (laughs) You know, (laughs) focus on the positive. You're right. What about homeschooling? We are what about socialization? We homeschool because of socialization, because it's way positive, way more positive homeschooling than in a public school. You know, we, we we're out in the community, we're meeting other people. I teach my children, you know, the golden rule to love others as you love yourself, to love, you know, Jesus, to love God, to, they're going to be, they're going to be great adults, you know, mm-hmm. so it, you don't have to make excuses. You can focus on the positive and, and, you know, and when you do have issues, you know, how are we going to get that fixed? I had a daughter with with speech impediments. You know, how am I going to deal with that as a homeschooler? Well, I found the resources. I got her speech therapy and and she speaks beautifully now. So um, it's beautiful. it wasn't a failure. That wasn't, you know, that was just something that we were able to recognize and get fixed. And, and as homeschoolers, again, she got through speech therapy twice as fast as everyone else that the speech therapist worked with because we homeschooled because the speech therapist would spend 10 minutes with me every session. So I could work with my daughter throughout the week in between sessions. So my daughter actually got through speech therapy way faster than her public school peers, so. And how
0: often does that happen that the parent is available to do right. that work?
1: Well, that was the issue, right? The parents weren't available. The teacher was working with the the children and the school children. You know, during breaks or whatever during times they would get pulled out of class and come to her and she never met even met the parents the parents weren't there you know it's just the way schools work it's you know um but she had access to me because i had to drive my daughter there and i had to sit with them and and then so she worked with the both of us and and she loved the teacher loved it i mean she loved us it was it was a really good and i was nervous i mean i didn't was not excited about working with the public school system when I'm homeschooling and they weren't too sure about working with me, you know, cause this is, oh gosh, 25 more than that, 26, 28 years ago, you know, we they had never worked with a homeschooler before and it worked out really beautifully for both of us. So, you know, we took that negative and we turned it into, you know, a positive and homeschooling did turn out to be a really good thing in that situation.
0: So good. And and sometimes our greatest obstacles become our greatest opportunities. Um, We are going to take a short sponsor break now to hear from you and Walter, our (laughs) wonderful (laughs) sponsors at Homeschool Connections. And we will be right back, everybody. Stay with us. We're with Maureen Whitman talking about how to rejoice and reboot. We'll be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com, And proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now, back to our program.
0: All right, we're back with Maureen Whitman talking about how to rejoice and reboot. So take us into some practical application. Maureen, what what
1: are some things you've tried? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about rejoicing. I guess we should talk a little bit about rebooting, eh? (laughs) (laughs) So how do we reboot? So, I mean, I I talked a little bit before about, you know, making a list. And um, we actually did, through Homeschool Connections, one year, like a little mini retreat with Jenny Bales. And she may still do this. I think she does this locally, Um, gets together with the local moms, homeschool moms, and you could do that too. And just having like a little retreat together and, and going over your successes and, and, and really working with one another as a community. I, I you know, I talk about this a lot, but local community is so important, you know, and, and if you have it, take advantage of it, connect with those local moms, because they may have some suggestions and some help for you in rebooting. So really do take seriously. I really would write down, and if you feel like you need to reboot now, because, you know, is coming after the holidays, you know, February's burnout month, it kind of stave off that burnout. So what did, you know, really do is write down, what did I do right? What went really well? And then write down what didn't go well. So I, I wouldn't call them failures, just what didn't go as planned and then address that. Okay. So how do we fix that? How do we, um, turn that on its head? How do we, um, fix that? You know, and if, if you do it with a group of friends, you know, they may have some suggestions. They may be able to help you, um, You know, if if you're struggling with math, it may be as simple as changing a math program, and your friend may be able to tell you, Hey, here's what we're using. My child's more hands on like your child. So this program might work better for you. Um, And, but if the program's working well, don't change it. (laughs) But, you know, if it's not working, sometimes you have to just start with something different. You know, uh, even if it did cost a boatload of money, if it's not working, it's not working. So, you know, that's a real practical thing to do is to reflectively sit down and make those lists and maybe you do it in front of the blessed sacrament. Uh, You know, definitely do it prayerfully and ask the Holy spirit to guide you and, and help you and focusing on, you know, how you can make your homeschool a more positive way. And it may not just be academics. It may be relational, you know, and how I'm relating to my child, how we're um connecting with one another. And, you know, maybe the focus, sometimes the academic issue is actually a, Discipline issue or relationship issue, you know, how you're connecting with one another, you know, if, if your child isn't being respectful of your authority or if, um, you know, you're not being respectful of the child as, as, as a creation of God. So, you know, really be honest with yourself and reflect on those things and, and be thoughtful. Maybe, you know, it's something you discuss with your spouse. Maybe it's something you do together with your spouse because your spouse is going to see things that you don't see and um you know he may have some good suggestions for you too so just write it all down and make a plan and 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 focus on it maybe you know once a week you meet you know with your spouse or with your children i always recommend especially with teenagers to to meet once a week like have an actual meeting <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like you sit down, you have coffee, hot chocolate, you know, whatever their favorite breakfast is. You know, maybe you go to the coffee shop, but pull out their planner, you know, because by the time they're teens, they should be doing their own planner. Um, pull out your planner, whatever, and just go over how was our week, what were our successes. So you could have like little mini retreats, you know, so not not just doing it in December or doing it in May. Maybe every week, just have a mini reflection. Okay, let's look at that planner. What got done? What didn't get done? What's going well? Um, what do you need from me? You know, always ask your kids like, "What do you need from me to be successful in school?" You know, um, what are your and 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 ask about them. Listen, spend time listening. Right? We spend a lot of time lecturing. <laughs> mm. You know, but what's your favorite school subject? What do you love doing? How how do you learn best? And then just sit back and listen. You know. So I mean, that's I think is a real good practical thing you could do to to. No, not just rejoice, but to reboot and get back into it, because sometimes it's hard when when we get into a downward spiral to pull ourselves out of it.
0: You know, we hear that we're to make of our lives a hymn of praise. And in the Canticle of Daniel, it talks about all of creation, praising God, that's because it's obedient to its nature. And so what you were just describing really sparked my interest, Maureen, because if we're reflecting every week on what went well and what the kids actually love, what's firing them up, we're starting to understand their nature so that they can be obedient to it, that they can embrace it in gratitude. Oh, God made me good in math, or God made me good at poetry or whatever that is, and start to just highlight that for them, that, that's, that their uniqueness then starts to come out in their un-unique
1: and unrepeatable beings. Right. I mean, just like I said, you know, your spouse may see something you don't see, your children, you're going to see things your children don't see, and they may need you to point out, you know, like, you're really good at this, you're, you are really good at math, you're good at writing poetry, they may need, you know, they may have imposter syndrome, right, they might feel like I'm not that good, and they may need you to point that out, like, you are really good at that. And when they hear that, you know, they're going to be more focused on that and be, more joyful about it, more excited about doing it. You know, it's like that I saw something on on the internet and, you know, everything on the internet is true, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this story is true or not, but, you know, some boy who was given the wrong ACT score and, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, this kid's a genius. We didn't know it. And he went on to be super successful. And then he found out years later, he actually um, totally bombed the test.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable,
1: right? <laughs> right? I believe that. I completely yeah, believe so that. He thought he was super smart, so he started acting super smart. So, yeah, don't ever tell your kids they're dumb, and don't ever say <laughs> you hate math. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> That's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, don't poison the waters math for is them. Beautiful. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it certainly can be. Your kids. Yeah, so t- you know, take time to point out what they're doing well, and, and not not just what they need to fix, and and I think it'll make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And and in this
0: process, you're just giving me such happy feelings just listening to you. It is a very warm place to be with each other. I mean, this is the great advantage that we have. We should exploit it at every turn that we're together oh. and and that the God blesses the domestic church that there is something sacred happening there. And it's also, again, reflected in what happens in our brains, because when we're reflecting in these positive ways, again, it takes us out of the stress centers of our brain, the amygdala, which is at the base of the the skull. And that's our kind of animal brain, our primal animal brain. That's, that's where we're locked down in anxiety. But all this positive reflecting eases that, gets us back into our our cortex, the frontal cortex, which is our creative, hopeful, positive, uh, problem solving place. So that as we're starting to do our planning, if we've already done some reflecting on successes and blessings and graces and the strengths of our children and all of that. Now we're in a much more creative place to look at where do we go from here? Where do we discern that God is calling us forward? So it's really, again, we're working with God's design, we're being obedient, we're making of our lives a
1: hymn of praise. Yeah. I mean, God does call us to be joyful. You know, he really does. It's, you know, like St. Paul tells us in in Hebrews 12, right? I mean, Jesus carried his cross with joy, you know? So we always have to keep our eyes on, on Jesus and on that. I mean, if he could carry that cross, he knew what was ahead of him, right? The worst death imaginable. And yet he did it with joy. He, you know, um, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, yeah. right? There's the so God does, yeah. God does call us to be joyful. I mean, you know, I you know, I, I have uh, someone that I know who who just tend to focus on the negative, and, and you know, and she's like, but, you know, life is hard. I mean, I'm and I I'm not, not going to deny it. I mean, it, it you know, and and she's right, life is hard. And we don't deny it but that doesn't mean that we can't still meet it with joy you know and that we can find the fruits in it and even you know the most difficult times and we don't see it now but we may see it later um you know great things can come out of out of those hard times and those difficulties and you know whether it be a difficult childhood or trouble with math or you know maybe something that makes us more humble more caring more kind um you know, able to help others in the future because we've experienced something hard, right? So count it all joy. Yeah, I don't know the scripture, but there's actually another
0: line from St. Paul where he says something about, you know, that the present struggle will enable you to serve one another even more. Uh, um,
1: Yeah, yeah. it's right there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know one thing we did, at least uh, uh, one year because we got the new year coming up, right? One year what we decided to do is we did a gratitude jar. and I got a big canning jar, right? The big, you know, um quart size gallon on them It was a big canning jar. and <laughs> had all these little pieces of paper. I, I had them written out in advance <clears throat> I mean, cut you know, just uh, I just bought some like little memo papers that were just like, I don't know, two by two or one by one. Sitting by that jar, and I had it like in the middle of the kitchen, so you couldn't miss it. Because <laughs> the way I work is, I decide to do something and then forget about it the next day. And <laughs> but we were really thoughtful for that the, that year, and and we wrote down when something special happened, and something exciting, something good. We wrote it down, and we put it in, and folded it up, threw it in that jar, and then the next year, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, we pulled those out and read them, and it was so fun. It was. <laughs> that's amazing like wow we did a lot like you don't realize you know it's like i would always write down every book my kid read because i was worried about naysayers and and i thought we need to just write down everything and we'd get to the end of the year wow we read a book (laughs) that's amazing Read so much (laughs) well same thing here like we didn't realize all this goodness had happened to us all year now we made the decision to do it again the next year and we forgot about it and it didn't happen. <laughs> but we didn't do that year. <laughs> and, and we loved it. I mean, it was, it was like a really good, so that's a, a positive thing you could do. That's something you could do make that decision New Year's day and, and set it up in advance so that it's, you start, you're set for success. You have little pieces of paper sitting next to it. It's in a family place. Maybe it's a little the kitchen table, you know? Um, so you don't forget and try mm-hmm. it. You know you have to write down something every day i mean you don't want to be reading 300 pieces of paper next new year's <laughs> it might just be once a week or even once a month but write down when really good things happen and mm. yeah i love
0: that as you were talking i was remembering more of the details because we were talking before and i couldn't remember the details i just remembered how i did something similar with my daughter when she was about three years old i cut out a bunch of circles which i made by tracing a glass on construction paper and i kind of had decorated the paper a little bit. And then I put Christmas paper around an empty Quaker Oats container. And I put all those circles in that under the tree, because those were going to be her gifts for Jesus. And every time she did something good, it might be several times a day, I would pull one of those pretty little things out and write on the back of it what she did. Or um, she said, please and thank you. Or she, you know, she controlled her temper or whatever it was, whatever we were working on. Yeah. And there were and it just they piled up. So every time we she got one of those i would hole punch it and put a hook through it and she could hang it on the tree those were her gifts for jesus and then when we took them all down at the end of the year they're still in that and that goes that went under our tree for many years we didn't do it again we didn't do that thing like you with your gratitude jar but it was there and we would take them out and read them and they were so touching it was such a beautiful snapshot of the progress she was making as a small child and how excited she
1: was. was give her as an adult you know you still have it and you can hand it how yeah. fun is that you know yeah i have a friend they used to do um for advent they had straw and they would every time the kids would do something really i no, when they would do a sacrifice some so when they do something for someone else or some kind of sacrifice they would put a piece of straw in the uh in, in the, the manger. manger so yeah so the more kind acts you performed the softer bed jesus had oh. <laughs> I I always wanted to do that, but I never did get around to it, but I always thought that was super cool. You know, each family has their own thing. We all can't do everything. Yeah. Find something that you can do, whether it's the gratitude jar, the little ornaments, or the the hay for Jesus.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And this is all helping them learn themselves as they learn the spiritual path to heaven. And so we're girding their loins, you know, as the Bible says, we're strengthening them with a self-awareness as well as the joy of, of the victories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Take
0: us out with any final thoughts you have for us, Maureen. Where would you like to leave this conversation?
1: Yeah, we've been kind of all over the place, haven't we? So, you know, just remember the importance of having a joyful heart and being thankful for, you know, the crosses. Um, So I'm always thinking of the story of The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boom, right? So she and her sister are placed into a concentration camp and they're leading a Bible study and they're hidden away in this room, right? Doing this Bible study with other prisoners. And if they get caught, I mean, they're dead. It's right. It's life or death, but they do it. And her sister, Betsy tells her, you know, we have to give thanks for everything. And so she tells her to give thanks for the lies. And Coryton Ten Boom's like, I'm not giving thanks for the lies. That's too out there. I'm not doing it. (laughs) I give thanks for the lies. So she does. And many, many years later, uh, Betsy's giving a talk. Or not Betsy, sorry. Betsy sadly is killed in in the concentration camp, but Corey survives. And she's giving a talk and someone comes up to her and says, I was a guard at that camp. And the only reason you never got caught doing that Bible study was because of the lies. We, We... did not want to go in that room, you know? Mm-hmm. So you never know, like give thanks for everything and, and find joy in, in homeschooling and joy in what you're doing, um, you know? And and to go back again, just be thoughtful about gratitude, you know? If, if it doesn't come naturally for you, then you're going to may have to make the decision until it co- becomes a habit, you know, write it down, make a gratitude list before you go to bed or, you know, like my friend, you could post on Facebook, um, but just really maybe writing down what you're grateful for. And and then also, you know, write down what went well in your homeschool this year, what didn't go so well and how you're going to fix that, you know, and, and be thoughtful about it and bring your children into it and have maybe have your children making gratitude lists. And again, meeting with them regularly to talk about, How's our homeschool going? And, and how are you doing? How's mom doing? <laughs> 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 husband on it. bring your local community into it. And, and most of all, bring Jesus into it and pray. And as I always say, you know, take it before the blessed sacrament. Mm, so good, Maureen, thank you so
0: much. Always love your heart. You're so soothing. I'm more the anxious type. So I appreciate you so much. And everybody listening, thank you for being with us too. Uh, we really appreciate your tuning in. And um, just uh, please pray for us because we're praying for you too. And again, Maureen, thanks a million. Amen. Thank you. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by HomeschoolConnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.